Ladies and gentlemen, I am honored to bring back one of my very best friends mm. and my business partners, Sophia Plank. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome thank back you, to the you. show. Welcome to Austin, Texas. You flew in this morning. We had a fun day at Whole Foods and at a crystal shop. And now we're here. Pretty typical day for Austin, Texas. Yes, now we're here. We're here. <laughs> typical yeah. day for us. I like it. What was our last episode on? We talked about knowing your worth. Yes. In all relationships. Exactly. And what else? There was something else in there, something juicy in there that we talked about. Setting high standards. Yes. So for most of you that, that tune into this show, um, y'all seem to love Soph. That's why I love Soph. That's why Thank she's you. One, of, one of my besties. I love you guys too. <laughs> Uh, so we've brought her back and today we are talking about something that is, uh, heavy, but we're, we're going to make it heavy and we're going to make it light. Um, and we're really hoping that you're going to get something practical and useful and hopefully be able to take ownership and call yourself out on your own shit today. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to talk to y'all about addictions and numbing and all of the things, your typical addictions that you would think of, your drugs, your sex, your alcohol, all the way through to... All of the other small stuff that we are avoiding and that we're numbing in our daily lives that lead to sometimes the bigger addictions. Um, and so we're going to take you on a bit of a journey and we're going to talk about some of our own addictions. We'll, we'll get vulnerable with y'all and some of the things that we're struggling with or have struggled with and how we deal with it now in comparison to how we used to. And give you some strategies of, of how you can change the way that you're approaching the things that we are addicted to and the things that we are too scared to actually deal with and face. Mm. Right? Yep. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. So let's start off with what exactly is an addiction? And I'm not just talking about I'm addicted to drugs, I'm addicted to sex, I'm addicted to alcohol, but like the grand scheme, us as mindset professionals in a healing space, what is an addiction to you? To me, I feel like an addiction is something that has power and control over me, over my willpower. When I feel like it's making decisions for me mm. or regardless of if I want to say yes or no, it's almost like I don't have an option, mm. right? And something that I'm unconsciously doing quite often. Right. So that could be – sometimes we have habits that we do you know, quite often and that's subconscious. But with an addiction, I feel like it's something that has this different type of grip on us. And regardless of even if it makes us feel better or worse. Usually worse. During or after. Mm -hmm. It's just something that um, we can't resist. Mm. I love that you said the better or worse because I think one of the key things to note about addictions is we're doing it we're going to talk a lot about this because we're moving away from a pain or we're moving towards a pleasure, right? We're, we're trying to seek that dopamine hit. So in the process of it, we get this temporary relief, but then eventually that temporary relief is not enough. And so whatever that addiction is, it becomes deeper and bigger and worse. And then you're more sucked in and you're more in your shit and it's harder to break that habit, unhealthy habit or addiction because the... Um, small amount, let's call it, that you started with is no longer doing the trick of numbing whatever it is that you're actually trying to not feel or not face. Right. Right. Whatever we consistently resist will start to persist. Mm. So it's coming mm. constantly and it's actually going to exacerbate whatever it is that you are resisting more and more and mm. more and more. And that's why the addiction becomes stronger or greater Yeah, because it takes more to cover it up 
right? It's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Yeah. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Um, I just want to give like a forewarning or whatever you want to call it for everyone that's listening. Like Soph and I are not sitting here having this conversation because we're perfect by any means. And so we're going to dive into some of ours. Mine very recently today is two weeks, no social media. It was a big addiction for me and we'll talk about it. Um, and I know you've had, um, your own journey with drugs and alcohol and uh, however much you want to share around that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of realizations around self-sabotaging as an addiction and creating chaos in relationships because of not feeling worthy and a lot of different things. So we're going to take you in a bunch of different directions with this conversation. And our goal is that it's going to give y'all awareness around, other things that you are doing in your life that you are actually just avoiding feeling because the the longer that we are avoiding those feelings the more impossible it is to heal whatever it is that you're trying not to feel right to experience the joy that's on the other side yes let's start with your journey with drugs and alcohol if you're comfortable diving into that yeah no problem diving your, into that <laughs> your relationship now with it i know you're not drinking right now mm -hmm. um your relationship with it now from my perspective as one of your friends and someone who knows you very well is super healthy um, and I know that it wasn't always. And so I'm curious, when was there a realization for you that it was a problem and how, you know, you've had a lot of, um, deaths in your life in the last year, you're dealing with a lot of grief. I know it's been moving through you and a lot of people would turn to those traditional vices in that time. And you are dealing with it in such a healthy and different way than traditionally. So I'm curious where that shift occurred for you. Yeah. So I think going through now 10 years of one of the first deaths that was in my life, and that was probably the hardest, and spending probably six to seven years just drinking through it and doing drugs through it and just trying to cover up all of the pain and all of the grief that was there that I didn't even know was buried there, to be completely honest with you. So, you know, I wasn't aware that I was even doing this. I was almost just numbing all this pain, not even realizing there was pain there and thinking I was living this beautiful life and I was happy until one day I wasn't. And so once I started getting involved with personal development and started moving things through me in a very different way, in a very, in a very healthy way or trying to anyways, it really started to show me that alcohol was making the problems worse and that there were other forms of dealing with things and being able to let let pain move through you mm. in a healthy way and being okay with actually feeling it mm. and understanding that I was just running from something. I was just running from having to deal, deal with the actual pain itself. Mm. And so once I discovered breathwork and – just other modalities, plant medicine, it helped me to understand what am I running from? What is the grieving that I'm running from? And then what else? Because there's so many other things that we're running from and things that we don't even recognize that we're, that we're doing. For example, like I used to have this addiction to always going to the gym, but the addiction was with going to the gym because I actually just didn't like myself and I didn't like how I looked. So I was addicted to being at the gym and putting in so much work and getting recognition from all the people that were there because, you know, maybe they're looking at you and somehow they're um, recognizing you and socializing with you. Whereas now I understand that going to the gym is way more for my mental health than it is for my physique. And mm. that's just a benefit that comes from it. Right? So 
after trying to work through some of the pain and the grieving that I was going through with other modalities and then with alcohol as well, I was like, okay, (laughs) this is actually making it worse and like reversing what I'm doing with breath work and what I'm doing with meditation or maybe it was therapy or whoever I was talking to or whatever I was doing was I was just taking like two steps forward and one step back all the time, right? So recognizing that every time I was doing any kind of other drug or alcohol, it was just kind of bringing me back to these places of feeling either the grief or also feeling inadequate about myself and all my other insecurities started coming up. I was just like, okay, drugs and alcohol is actually making everything in my life feel really, really hard, Mm. really tough. And so I remember when I stopped smoking weed, it was like for two years I had anxiety. I had paranoia every single time I got stoned, but I thought, I love weed. We have this beautiful relationship. Why is it doing this to me? And it took me two years to just actually be honest with myself. I wouldn't acknowledge the fact that this is, this drug was actually making me feel like this. And I had to be brutally honest with myself. So I think that was probably one of the biggest things is just complete honesty with like, why am I doing this? Mm. Right? The beautiful question of why. Yeah. Right. Why am I actually doing this? Because I think sometimes we don't even know We don't know what fear we're running from. I feel like addictions are because of fear. Like there's something I'm fearing. So therefore I'm running from it. Mm -hmm. Feelings. Yeah. Feeling something. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to seek joy. We want to seek happiness. We want to run from the pain, but the joy is actually through the pain. Mm -hmm. Or to be able to experience the polarity of both in the same space. Um, So it sounds like, and I don't know if replace is the right word, but you found a different vice in fitness and in health. And now you're a trainer and, you know, you're doing all of these beautiful things in a fitness space, which it's almost like it replaced in a healthy way the, the relationship that you had with drugs and alcohol. And I think one of the things to kind of note there, like, um, for example, uh, I've, I've chatted a little bit about it. I did an entire podcast episode and you know me very well. So you know my relationship with alcohol. Like I would come home before I even took off my shoes. I had to have a glass of wine and it was like literally cracking it. And I would be like, oh. like I felt safe in knowing that I had it in my hands. Mm-hmm. And if I knew the store was closing and I didn't have wine at home, like I would start to freak out. Well, where did all of these things come from? My mother's an alcoholic and her father died from having cirrhosis of the liver because he was an alcoholic. So, you know, runs in the family. I had this story that that was okay. And all of these things, you grow up seeing it all the time. You grow up seeing your family deal with alcohol that way. And so that's what I turned to when my life was stressful and it took off that edge and it made me feel relaxed. And so I went through a period where I was like, no, no alcohol, no drugs. It's super, super bad for you. Like I want to change this narrative. And I did. And then it got to the point where I was like, I get to decide what my relationship is with this thing. And so now a couple nights ago, had a glass of wine and it was like, a celebration. Like I, I almost looked at the wine and it was a completely different relationship that I have with it because I wasn't doing it to numb a feeling or anything. It was just simply like, I want to enjoy you and I want to be able to incorporate you and bring you back into my life in a beautiful way. So I, w- I want to transition because drugs and alcohol is like your beast and your typical thing we think of with, with numbing and addictions. But we have some others that we want to talk about and share. And I know you want to kind of talk a little bit about um, fitness and, and what you're doing in that space now. I have some stuff to talk about with food. And we both can go all day about addictions with food. So replacing that with something healthy for you has been your fitness 
where was that switch? Like, where was it that you realized this is a problem? I want to replace this with something else. So, I mean, I was always into fitness even before, like when I was drinking a lot, but I noticed that at that time I, I didn't love myself at all. Like I didn't. And that's why. How did you know that? I think somebody, somebody asked me one day when I was in a program and it was like, it was like I got hit by a brick wall and I was like, whoa. And I just started crying and I was like, no. Did you even know who you were? No. I think that's when like a lot of my awareness started like very much around that time or just before it. And I had no idea who I was and like how I almost even got to where I was and what I wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to share with the world. And I was like, you know, I'm just like throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks with like so many things. And I'm like, well, why am I doing that? Mm. Right. And mainly I just knew I wasn't that happy. I was waking up and I wasn't just a happy person. And I'm like, okay, something's wrong. And then when someone asked me that, it really hit me. And I was like, whoa, no, no, I don't. And I think you know, that self-love piece, I also realized like my heart was blocked. Like I was, I was really not letting love in. Like I was dating someone at the time, but I don't even think I was like letting them in so much because I wasn't able to even love myself at all Mm. and experience love. And I was blocking it from myself. Mm. And maybe I was doing it because I was afraid of losing someone. And I think even right now, I still have a lot of work to do around my heart chakra because I've just lost another two people within less than a year. And it really has just been closing that part of me off more and more because it's gut-wrenching every time, you know, you lose somebody. And so I think a big part of it is just like, okay, well, if I don't let people in and that close to me and let that much love in, then at least if and when they're gone, I don't have to feel that much pain. Right. Right? Then you also don't get to experience the pleasure. Of course. And I'm working on that because I want that. Yeah. And I know I want that. And I want that relationship with myself just as much. Yeah. But I think that's where you really have to be brutally honest and truthful with yourself and ad- admit to yourself when you are addicted to something or maybe it's a habit, maybe it's not quite an addiction, whatever it is, you can call it whatever it makes you feel better. It doesn't matter. But I think bottom line, when something just has that control over you and you're making decisions around it, mm. like you said, with wine, right? Like how many of us get the feeling on Friday, like it's just Friday, it's just a day of the week, but how many of us get the feeling on Friday, like, ooh, I can't wait to drink tonight, like you get excited about it, right? Like in some way that substance is genuinely controlling you. Talk about going, we talked about this earlier, going to like a social event. Yeah. And not having a glass of wine or, or, or a drink. Right. Yeah. In our world now, it is so unbelievably normal. Talk about Austin. You go to events. If you are drinking alcohol, people are like, who's the one with the drink? Like, it's, yeah. it's different here. From Toronto, where we're both from, you are the odd person out if you they think you're pregnant or something's wrong <laughs> if you're not drinking. Yeah. Right. But we've made that conscious choice. Like, we talked about going to a wedding. Can you stand there in a social event or a gathering without something in your hand because, like, you're just comfortable being you and yeah. showing up as you and yeah. not having to take the edge off to get the liquid courage to have the conversation with the person that you wouldn't normally have the courage to talk to unless you've got the liquid courage in your blood. Yeah. Right? So that's all working on yourself. Yeah. 
So it's like, where is the fear coming from? If you're afraid to go go somewhere and not drink, why? Mm. Because you're afraid you're not going to have fun. Can you not have fun? Like, or how people are going to see you? Exactly, or how people are going to see you, um, or that they're going to think something that you're not cool, or right? Who knows? All of it. Like, there's it. it that's what I mean. Like, I find like it, within these addictions, there's a fear, and what is the fear? Yeah. Right. So it's like I think that's an important step is acknowledging like what am I like either trying to move towards or run away from right here when I'm when I'm utilizing a substance to alter my state. Mm. You're using something to alter your state. Mm. Have you ever had an unhealthy relationship with food? Um so I in my opinion I felt like I was a little chunky as a kid. I remember when I was 14 or maybe even a little bit younger, I couldn't fit into my mom's jeans one day. And my mom's rather petite, but I just thought, wow, like I don't fit into my mom's clothes. And that just made me like a little bit uncomfortable. So I remember I had a, this beautiful conversation with her about how I was feeling and I expressed it because I knew that I wanted to lose weight, but I wanted everything to be done in a healthy way. So she spoke to me about, you know, eating properly and exercising and utilizing the spaces around me to move more and to just make more conscious decisions about how I was eating and how I was living on a day-to-day basis. And I built a really beautiful relationship with food in that moment Mm. only because, I mean, my mother's a saint and just taught me so well, but also because I knew that I wanted it to be a lifelong process. And I find with working with a lot of people and weight loss in the past, when people are trying to drop weight like extremely quickly and they start to change so many things – it's really, really hard to sustain that. Mm. And that's often why it's not sustainable over time. So if you're doing things in a way that is adaptable into your lifestyle slowly, right? Nature changes slowly. We change slowly, right? Now all of a sudden you adopt it as a habit and as a lifestyle that is now healthy rather than doing something that's again, probably coming from a place of fear or coming from a place of self-hate, right? So you starve yourself. Sabotage. Exactly. Hurt yourself. Self-infliction, self-pain. Exactly. We're doing it because we hate ourselves, right? (laughs) Rather than loving ourselves. And that goes back to my journey with the gym, right? I used to go because I hated my body, so I wanted to change it. Whereas now, I love going to the gym, but I, I love my body, but it's because of how I feel after I leave. I'm a psychopath when I don't work out. People around me, oh, you didn't work out today, did you? (laughs) Yeah. There's a bit, there's a big part of it now that I realized for me, it's, it's a form of self-love and giving back to myself because I know how healthy it is for my body. I love to move my body and I like to feel good in my skin. Mm. So even on days when I'm taking the day off from the gym, I still want to move. I still want to go for a walk. I still want to do yoga because I feel like that's also just time for me and myself. Mm. And I deserve to give that to myself and my body deserves that, right? So now it's coming from a place of self-love, right? Right. I prioritize my gym time because it does so much for me in so many areas. Like soulfully, it fills me up and just mentally, it helps me clear my mind, right? It's it's, it's a, a time for just me to like zone in, right? My work is very much giving to others. So that is my chance to give back. And I absolutely never let anything come in the way of me moving my body in a day. Like that is, I'm fully dedicated to that just for myself. Got to fill your own cup first. Exactly. Yeah. That's something that we have definitely learned 
throughout this journey and what that actually actually means mm-hmm. to put you first. And if I'm full, then I can pour into you and to others around me. Um, I feel like this is a good time to bring in the concept when we're, we're talking about food for a second here. Instant versus delayed gratification. We know a lot about this. A lot of people don't. And so when I think about addictions and I think about um, – so, so Mine now we'll get to in a second, but previously was food. I definitely have not historically had a healthy relationship with food. And I think that a lot of that comes down to, um, sorry, let me, let me put it this way. People now who are choosing to eat fast food or it's like, Hey, I'm busy. I'm going to grab something really quickly or, um, wanting to do the self-infliction, not feeling like they're worthy of eating the healthy food and all of the good things that they know come from that, then they will choose the unhealthy options that are easier, that are cheaper, that are whatever it is because they want it now and they want that feeling now versus whatever they know that is going to come and the beauty that's going to come if they wait, right? Or if they do, if they make a healthy choice, fitness, working out, if they're overweight, they know that if I go to the gym every day for a year, I eventually will have the body of the girl in the magazine that I'm looking at that I really want, but I'm looking at it right now and she makes me feel like shit about myself. So I'm just going to go eat a donut because this feels better and makes me feel better about where I'm at right now. So instant versus delayed gratification, which is so much of the problem with addictions. I need to feel better now. I don't want to feel this way right now. For me, Uh, I used to just completely not eat, like starve myself. And I had a story in my head for a long time that food equaled fat. Like if it touches my lips, it will go somewhere on my body that I will not like. And so I, and I didn't want that. Also, I've dealt with a lot of digestive issues and stomach issues my whole life that a lot of foods until I figured out what they were made me feel very bloated and very uncomfortable and ill. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be in a situation where my stomach was hurting. So I would avoid eating food. And then I'd get home late at night and I'd be starving. And it was like everything but the kitchen sink was going in my mouth. And then I would feel so guilty and so bad about myself. Then you make yourself throw up or then I don't eat for three days. So a really unhealthy relationship with food. And when I had, I sat with it, like, why am I doing this? Why, why, where is this coming from? Why am I binging this food? I remember, and this is no bash on my parents because they're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, I remember sitting at my dining room table as a young girl and food with for, in the family, it was like so sacred that you had this meal in front of you. And so if I didn't finish every single thing in my, I remember oatmeal specifically, my dad would be like, are you done with that? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm full or whatever. And he'd be like, cool. Are you sure you're done with that? Yeah, I'm done with it. I don't want any more. And he would take the bowl and he would dump it on our heads. And food would fall on my head physically until the point where I was like, well, that sucks. I don't want that happening anymore. So let me make sure I eat everything on my plate or on my bowl. And then I would feel sick because I was already full and I had a little stomach or half the stuff I was eating was making me feel physically sick because I had a lot of allergies I hadn't identified yet. So from a young age, I was like, food equals not feeling good from a very young age. Mm. And so growing up, and then it was also like this fear of just like, is food going to get dumped on my head, right? This this story. And he's just trying to teach you a lesson and it's kind of funny. And when you think about it, but now some people are like, that's horrible. That's abuse. That's trauma. And it's like, no, he was just trying to teach me a lesson. But how I've interpreted interpreted that to a point now where like I'm sometimes I'm scared to even eat. So instant versus delayed gratification is where I was going with that. Um, in what ways do you feel like that has played a role in your addictions or the, or where you're at now with your addictions? I feel like now, now I've learned to sit with 
what I'm feeling and allow it to move through me and know that if I choose to mask something, that it's going to come back to me even harder. Um, And sometimes I make the conscious decision to not deal with something right now. Maybe I'm not ready right now, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe I need a minute. Like when I've, when I lost a few people in my life recently, like, yeah, I I did drink a lot more for a little bit because I was like, okay, I'm with my family my family does like drinking. That's definitely something that we've kind of dealt with for many, 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 many years, which is now why I don't drink as much. But at the time it was like, okay, I'm not ready to face this beast yet. Right. So sometimes I still take what I need and I do mask if I absolutely feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. But I've learned that working through it, spending the time being able to sit with myself, being able to honestly take myself into solitude and just be and just let myself feel. I think I've come to a place now where I'm like, all right, I know that what I'm feeling and how I'm showing up to others is not really something that I want to present to them right? So I'm just going to take myself out of the situation from everybody and spend some time on my own. Mm. Which is funny because you used to not like being alone. No, I had this. And again, that came from a fear. That was a fear of feeling like if nobody wanted to talk to me, spend time with me, I wasn't good enough, Mm. right? I always felt like I needed to be around people and I needed to socialize. And now I really crave my alone time Mm. because I really do enjoy just being me. Mm. Like learning how to surrender into myself. I spent so many years masking and we mask ourselves in so many ways. How often do we change the way that we act when we're around different groups of people? Like how many people do you know in your life that through and through you can say this person is this person no matter where they are, no matter who the fuck they're talking to, like you always what you see is what you get. Mm. You always know that there's no hidden agenda with this person, right? And that comes from a place of understanding what your fears are and being able to start to move through them and just be okay being 100% who you are. That is, in my opinion, true freedom, Mm. right? So like taking off all the masks, all the things that we do to not be ourselves, and it comes back to even like going out in public and not drinking, it's like, oh, well, well, people, why don't you want to do it? Are you afraid people aren't going to like you if you're not drinking? Oh, you don't think you're going to be funny? You don't think you're going to have a good time? Can you not have a good time without something changing your state? Mm. So what is the fear? Is the fear truly being yourself? I think a lot of people don't even know who they are though. Yeah. They don't know who they are. And that's why their social situation and environment will influence the way that they act so mm-hmm. much and these different sides of them come out in different situations because they don't even know their own truth. Yeah. I didn't know mine until a couple of years ago and still navigating through it very yeah. much and, and understanding my boundaries and how that shows up. Yeah. Standing in your truth like fully and just letting go of everything. Mm. Letting go of how other people are going to take what you say because it is not your business how they take what you say. Fuck yeah. Right? Yeah. If you are truly completely just standing in your own sovereignty and your own truth, then nothing else matters because you just are so solid in yourself. That's the place where I'm trying to get to right now. Personally, that is where I'm working. Like having this 
just relationship with the divine that is so trusting. And Mm -hmm. I just realized this last week that that is actually what I've been trying to move towards. Like that is the work I'm doing and that is why to have so much unconditional trust in my path that I have no fear of what people are going to think, what people are going to say about if I go out and I'm not going to have fun, if I'm going to need something, because I'll tell you, you don't need anything. You should be wanting things in your life. Yes, but you don't need anything. You already have everything you need. You're fine. You don't need booze to be funny. You don't need drugs to make yourself feel a certain way. Like you don't need anything. You don't need all this designer clothes just for people Mm -hmm. to think that you're cool, right? You just, you don't. So it's like start addressing what the fear is. Like what are you moving towards or running away from? Because there's something there, right? I remember this is this is taking me back years and years, but I remember I had such low like confidence in myself. I did not think I was beautiful to any degree that I was like almost addicted to other people, like just giving me some sort of gratification by just either looking at me or hitting on me or something. So I actually wanted, you know, guys to in some way give me attention, but even more than that, and this is me being completely honest and vulnerable, I wanted like their girlfriends to be upset about that. Mm. And that's coming from a place of like self-hate for myself, right? To that degree that I actually wanted other people to feel bad about it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. That 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 was a big one. And I I honestly had to like grasp onto that. I was like, wow, that is not coming from a good place. I do not want to be that person because I don't want to feel like that ever either. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's darkness coming out. That is darkness yeah. coming out. But it's like me fully acknowledging that and saying, okay. It's yeah, there. that yeah, that's it's there and that's that was me and that's still me and that's okay, but that doesn't define who I am. Ooh. That was just Ooh. something I needed to go yeah. through. Right? But it was that that like those small things that I started to build awareness around and started to pick up in myself where I was just like, this is why I'm drinking all the time. This is why I'm doing drugs all the time. This is why I'm trying to have sex all the time because I don't love myself. So I need somebody else to show me attention. So I feel like I'm worth something. Mm. Right. You like so many people will have just resonated with that. Mm -hmm. So many people. It's the darkness as well inside of us. And this is, and I'm going to like give us both props because I'm probably going to get like emotionally even thinking about this. You and I have been on such a fucking roller coaster the last mm-hmm. year, like knowing you and just like the woman that you are and the things that you've been through and the way that you've held yourself and supported yourself through it. And like, I know that there have been so many days where weeks on end where you're like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm still in the shit. You're like, cool. I'm here mm-hmm. next week. I'm still in the shit. Mm-hmm. Cool. I still love you. I'm still here. I got you. Like, and it was because you and I had the strength to finally face our fears, to finally look at our shit, to look at an example mm-hmm. that you just gave, our darkness, and be like, I am both. I am this beautiful, light, divine goddess, and I have this power, and I have this voice, and I am strong, but I also have this darkness that lives within me too, and I'm going to love all 
all of me and I don't want to have these feelings and they don't feel good and I don't want to be this person. So I'm going to slowly work on like turning that into lightness, making it become my superpower, recognizing that it exists, recognizing I'm numbing when these feelings come up, but it is part of me and I'm going to welcome it and embrace it as part of me. And that's why you and I have this last year, it's been like, like literally, I'm like, can we do another journey? What's happening? Like, let's go. Cause I'm like, let's fucking go. I need this stuff out. Like get the demons out of me. Um, it's been heavy. It's been really heavy, but like kudos to you for having the strength to do that, to recognize that all of that exists there and deciding that you want to make a different choice for yourself. Yes. I feel like that's so powerful. And this is probably a really good segue into social media because the validation and relationships, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Um, let's start with social. How do you feel like your relationship is with social media? I don't love social media by any means. <laughs> I don't post very much. I don't go on there very often personally. Um, I try to just stay away because I've found that in the past I was very much just always scrolling and comparing and I just didn't feel good mm-hmm. and I recognize that. And truthfully now like my business has gotten to a point where I don't need to be on social media, so I am very busy, and that's a beautiful thing. However, I'm not impacting as many lives as if I was on there a little bit more, so that is a goal for me. But in terms of social media, I I try to utilize it to create and not to consume mm. as much as I can. And I noticed I put my Instagram into a different folder and I was just constantly before going into the folder and then still into Instagram, like just like it was like on autopilot, right? And I yeah. think like, yeah, so many of us have that kind of addiction with social media. But personally, I think I, I was I was honest with myself and I said, wow, this is really not making me feel good about myself. I'm going to ha- take a step back here. And I choose to be more present in my life and not present on social media Mm. because I know that the people who will resonate with me and the people who want my energy and my services, they'll reach out and they will find me. I trust that now. But it took me a long time and I was scrolling a lot. But I know for you, and I came from the coaching world and building the coaching world um, through social media, it was the most miserable and probably one of the most depressing times I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm not joking. I was, it was not for me. I'm a very in-person energy kind of person, but I want to ask you that question because Mm. your business is very much online. Mm. And personally, I think you have an incredible presence about you on social Mm. media. I absolutely love it. Thank you. What's your relationship like with social media? So I am two weeks Two weeks social sober. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. I have an entire episode that I have been working on every day over the last two weeks, documenting my thoughts and my feelings and working through my relationship with social media. I'm so excited to share it mm. because it's been very powerful and transformative for me. Can I just say thank you? Because like you walk the walk in so many ways like that. Thank Seriously. You. Thank you. Like, I don't love to journal through things and like you do the work. You put a lot of those things into place just like this. I probably wouldn't do that myself, but it's beautiful to see that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And sometimes that's why we have to pump the brakes and we know that the long-term gain, right? Not the instant gratification right now. Mm. That's what's important. Mm. 
And now you are teaching yourself that, no, I am in control. I'm not going to let social media control me. Mm. This is exactly what I do with drinking. I take time off because I do not want a substance to control my happiness, to control my thoughts, to control my actions, and just to control anything about myself. Mm. So that's why I take that break, just to show myself, like, no, you are powerful. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. No, you're totally good. Um, That's what it was for me. It had become something that was controlling me. Mm -hmm. And I have recognized for the last six months, the autopilot spin of my phone opens. It's a text message. Okay. No new messages. It's my email. Okay. No new emails. It's Instagram. Okay. No new notifications, no new likes, no new messages. Cool. Back to my messages, back to my email. And it was this loop. And I'd be sitting here waiting for someone for two seconds. I had to pull out my phone and check Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it was like a fear of, I might miss something. I might not see something. There may be an opportunity. There may be something cool that's come out that I'm not the first to know about. And I'm in this industry where I'm influential in these spaces and I need to know about things first to talk about them. So there's pressure. And then as a woman, there's, you're having a day where you don't feel good about yourself and you go on social and you see something beautiful, something you're aspiring to do, a picture perfect husband and wife, their adorable kids, the places that they're traveling, the clothes that they have. And you're like, well, fuck me. Like, I don't have any of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm working my ass off. I'm working 14 hours a day. I have three jobs I or three businesses. I do all of these things. And yet I don't have any of that. And so then those thoughts start to go through your head. And then there was like relationship stuff I was going through and it's like seeing things that I'm like, that doesn't make me feel very good. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't need to know what all of these other people are doing and constantly comparing myself to all of it and the pressure to post every single day. And is it getting enough likes? And is it, why didn't the real algorithm pick it up? And it's not as good as this person's, but this person's I didn't think was as good, but it got more likes and now they're getting all these followers and why didn't mine take off? And like this fucking game that just goes on in your head all day long to the point where I like was going on social for a dopamine hit to get some validation, to feel good. And then either I'd get it and it was like a second of instant gratification. Then I was like, give me more, give me more, give me more. It's like crack. I need it more. Or I wouldn't get it or I'd see something else that would replace what I was seeking of dopamine with some horrible feeling that would make me feel like shit about myself. And so then I would be like trying to fix that feeling with something else. And it was just this cycle. And I'm like, fuck this. This thing does not control me. I can run a business I can do all of these things that I need to do. I can still share my voice. And here's two very powerful realizations. And there's been a lot, and I don't want to give them all away here. Two of them, I have taken my ego out of this, made more money in the last two weeks than I have in the last two months that have come through from relationships that I have built in person with people Mm -hmm. rather than on social media, okay, that have just come to me. I didn't post anything on social. And this show... I released two episodes in the last two weeks on this show that I didn't post at all about on social. There was no reels to go out. There was no, hey guys, there's a new episode on my stories. Nothing. And my downloads have gone up from previous weeks. And I'm, I cried. When I first checked my downloads after the first episode was out, I was terrified. I literally went like this with one eye to check because I was like, fuck, it's going to be shit. I haven't been on social. I haven't been active. Like people don't remember the Business Savage show. Mm-hmm. And I saw my downloads were higher in the first couple of days than normal. And I cried. I was like, I don't need it. It doesn't control me. And so now I get to choose how I want to utilize that platform, not to mention filters, like the addiction to filters. We all have it, but you feel like you have to have a filter 
one of the things I fucking love about you is every time I'm like, let's take a photo, you pull up your camera <laughs> and we take a normal photo. Oh, this is what we actually look like. Whereas every other person is like, hold on, I'll go to Instagram. I'll grab a pretty filter. Let's like make ourselves orange and like lashes that are 10 times longer than my natural and all this crazy shit. I'm guilty of it. We all do it, women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, keeping up with that all the time it is fucking exhausting yeah i don't look like that this is what i look like (laughs) yeah this is how i want to show up in the world i'm beautiful i don't need a filter and so like having that in your face and you see everybody else using them and feeling the need to do that as well it was like i needed a break I was addicted to it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I needed a break. And today marks two weeks <laughs> social sober. Love I feel it. so good. I feel so good. And another realization, there was things that I was doing that when I really stopped and reflected on, I'm not going to put this on social because I'm not on social. Will I still do it? Do, mm. I, do I still do this thing if I'm not showing the world that I'm doing this thing? I love that. And so there was moments, which I'll share in the episode, we'll get to, but there was so many things that I was like, I only think this way and do this thing and remove myself from the presence of this beautiful relationship that I have right now or the moment I'm in right now because I have to capture it first to show social media that I was here, to show social media and my fans and, and the people that, that hold me to this standard of who I am. I think I have to show up for them in a certain way. They don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. And the people who actually love me and care about me, you have my phone number. And they're the ones that have been reaching out. They're the ones that I haven't even missed a beat with. Mm -hmm. Because they don't care about me only because of my life that I live on social media. They have my cell phone number. Yeah. And they call me because they care about me. So it's been a lot of – that's my biggest addiction right now. And it's been powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. What's up? (laughs) And that's what it is, right? It's like, okay, let's put ourselves into, yeah, a little point of discomfort. Like it Mm. probably was uncomfortable not going on there at first, right? And then uncomfortable being like, well, what are other people doing? Or what are people going to think about me if I'm not on here? And like, what about if you just let it all go? Yeah. And just stop, right? You know, it was cute. I would have some friends who knew that I was not on it that would screen record other people's stories or things that they knew. Like I would, I would have friends sending me links from things that they're like, Hey, no, you're not on social. This is totally up your alley. Like you'd love this article. You'd love this resource, like toss it my way. Mm-hmm. And I'd get an email or I'd get a text message and I'd be like, this is awesome. I don't even need to go on social. My friends are doing it for me. <laughs> People just get me. <laughs> they're just sending me what I need. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a beast. It is a beast, but it is one that in the business that I'm in, branding and marketing agency and business consulting and the, and the stories that I choose to share, I choose to stand up and use my voice, um, I have figured out a more healthy way to utilize the platform mm, and still have beautiful. it in my life without having it consume me. Um, and there's just a lot of people that are getting unfollowed. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I love that. They won't make the cut. I love that. Um, do you feel like there's any other specific addictions? Actually, one just came to mind that I know you and I both currently are sitting with, mm-hmm. and it's not your traditional, so I think this is good to talk about. You and I have done a lot of work, growing our businesses. We're both at places now. My dream was Austin, Texas. I want to move to Austin. I want my business in a place where I can come here, and I can work from coffee shops, and I can do yoga in the morning, and I can do breath work in the evening, and I don't have to go into anywhere and have appointments and all these things. 
And about a week ago, I sat at a coffee shop and I was like, holy fucking shit, I did it. I did it. Like all of these things a year ago that I was looking at and wanting, I did it. But I've been so busy and being like, I want more. What's next? What am I creating next? Who am I reaching out to next? Where am I traveling next? What's next? What's more expansive? How can I be bigger? How can I be better? I'm the business savage. Everybody expects something huge of me. There's this weight on my shoulders. I got to do do more, do more, be more. And at some point I'm like, nah, like I'm addicted to doing more, to being more, all of that. And I know you've reflected recently that you were feeling the same and that has come up for you. What comes up for you when I share that? Yeah. It was like, it was like just success. Like I think there's like an addiction to success, right? Or feeling like I just, I need to learn more. I need to understand more. And I don't think there's an issue with learn. Like I'm always learning. I actually feel like I have this beautiful, I'm just being pulled towards knowledge. Like I don't even really care what it is, but I just love learning more about so many different things. I think it's just beautiful when you get into flow with someone about their thing and they just go off and they just teach you. So sexy. It's amazing. So sexy. I love it. So I love those kinds of conversations, but I recognized in my business that I was just, I got to the place that I wanted to get to and that I dreamed about a year ago, like built my business where I wanted to, to the point where I don't have to do marketing. I don't have to do advertising. I actually have an overflow of business. There's not enough hours. I'm actually burnt out. Yet I'm still asking myself, how do I grow more? How do I make more? How do I extend myself more? Grow yourself. Exactly. (laughs) I wish I could. And then I just sat with myself and I was like, wait a second. Can you just marinate and just be Mm. where you are and just enjoy this? This is exactly what you wanted. So just marinate in it and just let you continuing to evolve and continuing to just work on you, but not necessarily have to be somewhere else. Just the evolution of you and yourself being you is enough. And that alone is going to continue to radiate and evolve your business and grow your business on its own. Amen. Right? Mm. Instead of always feeling like we on have to, the to next. do more. What's next? Yeah. And I think like that's that's just in our nature and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes can you just be? Mm. And then it goes back to like, okay, when you're by yourself and you feel like you have to scroll or you're bored and you're, you know, on your phone or I have to have a drink because it's Friday night, right? It's like, can you just be and not do any of that? Mm. Like, again, what is the fear? Is the fear of just sitting with your thoughts and yourself and thinking that something might come up that's going to make you uncomfortable, Hmm. right? Yeah. An image just came up for me, and I just feel like this is so beautiful because a year ago, if I had, like, been gifted a a weekend away and then I got there and, like, there was no Wi-Fi and I had to just, like, read or be, I, I wouldn't have, like, survived. I wouldn't have known what to do. And now I'm, like please don't be internet. Like I crave that. Mm -hmm. I know you feel the exact same way. And so many people are not like, could not do that. The first thing that they do is what's, where's the Wi-Fi? you know, a rejuvenating weekend. And it's like, they, they could not sit, just sit with themselves, Mm -hmm. maybe a book. Mm -hmm. Right. And just be, yeah. Be present. Have you read the creative act? I have not. Highly recommend it. You would love it. Phenomenal. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal read. One of our mutual friends um, referred me to it. And it's 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 such a beautiful book for anyone that's looking for that resource. Short, tiny, little, almost like philosophical poems and um, viewpoints on 
all the types of things that we were just sharing, like being present. And I, I was reading it the other day and there was this one about being present. And so after reading it, I went outside, was going somewhere and I stopped myself to just stop and notice the things around me that normally when you're in that hustle bustle, go, 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 you don't notice. And it's just beautiful. Like just being Mm -hmm. right. The things that you notice and the things that you observe and being present in relationships it is something that I, I've told a lot of people right now. I'm in a season of relationships with myself, romantic, and friendships. Because I am in a season where I want to expand and deepen all three of those parts of relationships. And that comes from closing my laptop. And I used to be the person who you probably remember, like, sit with you and I'd be, like, half listening, half, like, on my laptop or, like, I got to go because I've got stuff to do or things that are due. And now I'm just, like, closing that. And I'm, like, that will wait. This can't. Like, I won't have this moment again. Right. We'll never be in this room again having this right. conversation. Right. And that's so much more important to me than all of the other things that you're thinking about that are maybe going to come next. Yeah. That's Being able beautiful. to just – I just listened to this incredible podcast by Ed Milet, and he was talking about a recent death that happened to a very dear friend of his that was very sudden. And he said, you know, on your last day and in your last moments and, you know, when your soul eventually leaves this body in this lifetime. This meat suit. This meat suit. Yeah. This, just a meat this suit. vessel. This vessel <laughs> in this lifetime. Um you don't take all your shame and your guilt and your problems and all the things that you did in your life that you know you feel bad about. You don't take all of the bullshit with you. You just have your experiences and you have your beautiful memories, right? At the end of the day, like you're not taking all that stuff. You're not taking any material items, like all those things, they don't matter, right? But all that you have at the end really is those experiences. And the amount of times that we do things to numb truly feeling that experience or to not even let that experience happen because we're too busy doing something else, mm. right? Or mm -hmm. wanting to be somewhere else. Or how often have you been somewhere and you were so excited to get there and just be there and then you're there and you're not even like like you're already thinking of the next thing and it's like I can't even enjoy what I've just like worked so hard for and wanted to like got so excited for. It's mm -hmm. like me and my business. This is exactly where I wanted to be. And now I'm like, okay, well, how can I get somewhere else? And it's like, why? This is – everything's good. This is beautiful. I had that realization when I had a friend recently ask me the question, what was the best part of your day? And I was like, well, this and this moment and this experience. And, and I was like, huh. Before I would have been like – well, I had this call and the client and the blood, like it was always business stuff mm -hmm. or like it wasn't enough or, you know, and, and my reflection now was I had a really beautiful coffee date with a girlfriend and we shared some really beautiful moments and that was like a beautiful part of my day. I read a really good book today, like a couple pages in the park. Beautiful. There was a really nice tree above me. It was awesome. I love that. That was the best part of your day? <laughs> that was the best part of my day. Okay. Great. I love that. Right? Yeah. So different. Just little moments. Yeah little moments. Ah, very, very different. Um, how can somebody who maybe is not even aware of the things, because we've got the, the traditional vices. I think most people are aware. They just don't want to yeah. face it, right? We've talked about some things that are not your traditional vices. Um, 
how can somebody begin to be aware that they have an addiction or something that they're numbing? And then like, let's talk about some of the next steps that we do. Like I've just done with my social media, right. Recognizing it and how I work through it. Um, that, that our listeners right now can take away from, you know, over the next couple of hours, couple of weeks, couple of months after listening to this, they're, they're going to start to notice things that they are numbing. How can they start to become aware? Of what they're numbing or what they're doing. Yeah. Well, honestly, first off, you do have to be brutally honest with yourself. And I think a great way to do it is track what you're doing all day. Track it. Track every 15 minutes for a full day or two days. Mm, I remember. And don't change what you're doing because you're tracking it. I remember when Rob Dial gave us that exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Track it and see what see what's happening. See where where your day is going and how many times you're like going onto your phone or how many times you're going to the fridge because you're bored, so you're eating, or like whatever it is. Just start tracking it. Or when you open the fridge and then you close it again because there wasn't anything that you wanted. Yeah. But then two minutes later, you open the fridge again, miraculously expecting that something different is going to appear in the fridge. Yep. The fuck is that? Yep. What's another beautiful way? I'd say, honestly, like something to just go within. So whether that's like journaling or maybe finding some breath work, maybe there's some sort of practitioner or person you want to talk to and have an honest conversation with. Like, you can ask for outside feedback of things that I do. Mm. Like, you know, you have to be ready to take that on. But if you want somebody to be brutally honest with you, um, ask. Yeah. And say, like, what are some things that I'm doing that I'm not maybe even noticing that I'm doing? Yeah. That's such a good one to to have those friendships and those relationships. And and for anyone that's listening and maybe you don't yet, because I've had a a lot of conversations with women recently who are like, I don't have that level of friendship. Like, how do I find those types of women? First of all, I called this shit in. Like, I have called in strong female relationships into my life for the last two years. And now I have beautiful ones. Um, Mentors. Mentors are great ways or communities Mm -hmm. to get yourself involved with. Women who are vibing or, you know, men that are listening. Get yourself into communities with people that are vibing on that level that will Offer you that honest feedback mm-hmm. that you want. It's one of the things I value so much about you. You're like, that's not my circus. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I love you and I will yeah. always love you, but that's not my circus. Or like, I'm calling you on your shit or you're doing it again or yeah. whatever, right? And those are the levels of friendships I have now. Love yeah. the shit out of you. But also, hey, like, can I reflect something back to you? Yeah. And you're like, but you have to be willing to receive it. You have to be willing to not be like, well, fuck you, or I don't want to be your yeah. friend anymore because you just hurt my feelings. It's like, she told me that because she loves me. Yeah. And wants me to be able to work through it. Yeah. And so. I think also you have to give yourself props too because you don't get what you want, you get what you are. Mm. Right? And you are willing to look at your shit. And if you're not willing to look at your own shit, you're not going to attract people into your life that are willing to look at theirs like, either. Yeah. Right? People that speak the truth – and that are okay with speaking the truth because, again, how somebody else takes it is none of my business, right? It is the truth, and I'm going to stand in my truth mm. and be okay with that. And if somebody doesn't like that, that's because they don't want to look at the truth, mm. right? And I'm sorry, but then we can't have the conversation that I want to have mm. if that's if that's what I'm asking for, yeah. right? So I think you've worked on yourself, and have you noticed that a lot of the people that are coming into your life are very open and vulnerable very quickly with you because they notice and they feel that energy from you, Mm -hmm. right? 
Like I am very open about my past and the things I've gone through and how I felt and the person that I used to be. I'm not afraid of it anymore because I know that that is the way that I can help people relate by being truthful, by being honest, by not hiding in my dark side and allowing them to understand that they're not alone either. And if they want to work through some shit, I will be honest with you, but I will help you work through your shit. Mm. And this is exactly why I don't have to go out looking for business because people know And they come because the moment that you start to just, again, be honest with yourself and allow yourself to see those things and be okay with who you are and understand that every single moment in your life has happened for you to become who you are. Mm. And everybody else is shining their beautiful light on you in the only way that they know how and the only way that they can for you to learn and continue to be who you are. And once you understand that and you accept that, And then you accept yourself and surrender into who the fuck you are. Mm. It's like all of a sudden you're going to start getting some real people in your life. You're going to have starting, you're going to start having some real conversations in your life and that's going to change the game. And that is where more consciousness, more awareness builds. That's why I love having conversations with people about things that I know nothing about because I'm like, sweet, talk to me about this or talk to me about you. Talk to me about your experiences. Like some random people I don't even know have told me the most profound stories and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And like, I just make the most incredible connections with people so much faster now. And a lot of the people that have come into my life recently, because I've been doing so much of this deep work on myself, have become so much closer to me than some of the people I've known forever. Yeah. And I still love everybody just as much, but there's certain conversations I know that I want to have with certain people mm-hmm. because I know that we can we can talk about this. We can go through this. I know you're going to go there. I know you're not going to judge me because I know you're not judging yourself anymore because you've sat in your own shit. That's the biggest one. It's huge. Not judging yourself anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Again, going into that place of like fear and like the judgment. And I recently, you know, through a journey realized that I was still holding on to this this shame that I was putting on myself and I was almost imprisoning myself and I was doing so much all the time to just please other people because I felt like I, like I'd done something bad. So it was like, I need to punish myself. So therefore I just need to give to more people so that I don't feel bad. Mm. And it's like, no, you can forgive yourself and the person that you are and the things that you've done because you aren't those things, right? That is not, they do not define, they don't define you. And I don't have to just give to everybody else to make myself feel better. I can make myself feel better. I already know who I am and what my intentions are and who I want to be and how I want to show up. And I'm going to work through my shit. And when I'm sitting in my shit, I'm going to sit in it. And I'm going to be miserable sometimes. And I might be angry. And other people might see that side of me, but I'm not going to just cover it up. Right? I'm going to let it move all the way through me because if you don't, Mm. it's going to come roaring its ugly head at you. Yeah. Right? And Powerful. that was where all the dick, the addictions started to come in. Yeah, just numb it. Don't want to yeah. feel it. Don't want to talk about it. I, over this last year, the roller coasters I've been going through, I can't tell you the number of times that friends – I feel like you and Kate are probably two of – maybe there's a couple others – that I always was honest with how I was feeling when you say, how are you? And mm-hmm. over the last year, it's been a lot of like, I've had a rough week or like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the shitters today. Like, it was a lot of that. And you guys know me to be a very happy, bubbly person. And I was like, I'm still here. Like, that's still there but I'm feeling heavy. Like I'm feeling heavy right now. And so to be able to 
say that and not feel like I had to put on this show, like that's how you know people are true friends because I knew that you guys weren't going to not be my friends or not invite me out or judge me or any of these things. You're like, this girl's working through her shit and it's just coming up and she's getting dragged under and dragged under and dragged under, but like she's still here. She's still breathing and she's still working through Mm -hmm. it. And those are the types of relationships where I've really realized that you attract what you are, right? You do. Mm -hmm. Like, and the second that you are able to identify your truth and something else that I used to always do, um, having, feeling the need to explain why your decision was your decision or why your response was your response or like, no, I don't want to do that. And here are all of the reasons why. But now it's like, no, thank you. But no, I, you don't need to explain yourself. But how long did it take you to get to that point? Yeah, a long time. Forever, I would... I felt the need for them to see my perspective or know why I was giving that answer or know where I was coming from. And I didn't want them to think I was this or don't think I'm that or any of these things. And it's like, now I'm just, no. You don't need to understand me. That's okay. My people understand me. We're on different vibrations and different frequencies and that's okay. Mine's not right and yours is wrong. None of that. It's just different. Yeah. And I don't need to explain that. It's such a freeing place. Yeah. To feel that way, to feel so confident in my decision that I don't need to give you X, Y, Z, Y. It's just, no. Yeah. Nobody needs to understand it. Not even your people. It just needs to be right for you. Yeah. And that's it. Right. But to know it. that, like to, yeah. to, to have that knowing inside of you, that, that's been a journey. That's being okay with yourself and mm. that's loving yourself and that's, again, letting go of the fear. I don't care what people are going to say. I don't care what people are going to think. I don't care how I look to people. I know my truth. Yes. Mm. I've learned this when I'm working with like groups, especially when I'm doing breath work, right? Things that I say are going to land for different people differently, Mm. right? But if I trigger someone, I have to remember that- That's on them. That's on them, right? I can't take that on. Right. And that's that's important in, in, in everyday life. And the more that we can just stand in that and just be like, no, this is who I am. I don't need to change who I am to fit anybody's wants or needs. Yeah. That's right. That's a good one. Um, as you're saying that, I'm having the realization. So obviously, you know that I do a lot of speaking and standing up in front of groups and the groups are getting bigger. And and as I'm getting on these stages and then the audiences are getting bigger and I'm looking out, I, I had this need of like, I want every single one of them to like, like me. I want every single one of them to understand where I'm coming from. I want every single one of them to get value from this speech. And if there's even one person in here who is looking at their phone or gets up and leaves it would affect the way that I would show up for the other 300 people in the room because you care so much about what everyone's thinking. Through this growth process and through this journey, I've come to a place where I'm like, it doesn't matter. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm speaking. I know the place that I'm coming from. I know my intention. And when I started coming from that type of energy rather than needy, and you could talk about that in relationships, right? We did on our last episode. Coming from this place of knowing who you are and knowing the value that you're giving rather than like needing that validation from the audience or from anybody else, it sh- I, you show up so much more powerfully and so much more beautifully. And then you get the people that pull you aside and they're like, you literally just changed my life. I love that. Right? Yeah. How can you start coming from a place of love with everything that you're doing instead mm. of coming from a place of fear? Are you doing things out of fear or are you doing things out of love? Right? Are you going to work every day? 
because you love what you do? Or are you going to work every day because you're afraid of living on the streets and not having money and being in scarcity mode? And that is why you go to work because you need money, mm. right? Are you doing things like going out to certain social events because you want people to perceive you a certain way, even though you don't even want to be there, right? So you're going out of the fear <laughs> rather than going from a place of, no, like I love my friends. I can't wait to go. Yeah. And it, this runs true with everything. Are you going to the gym because you are afraid of getting fat? Really? Or are you going to the gym because you love to move your body and you enjoy it? Yeah. Right? Like, how can you start doing everything that you do coming from a place of love? And if you can start doing that, imagine how much happier you would be all the time because everything you're doing comes from love we instead love. of from fear. Love's the answer to everything. Love is always the answer. Love is always the answer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I love it. I remember, like, I just booked a trip to Europe and I remember, like, I was humming and hawing about it because I was in this mode of like, oh my gosh, well, what if my clients don't come back if I'm gone for two weeks? What if they're in like pain and then they find another therapist? Like, what if my business starts to go like, you know, in a different direction, right? I was, I was in fear and I almost didn't book it because mm -hmm. of that. Could you imagine? I almost didn't I book it. I cannot wait to oh, see what comes from this I trip for you because I already know right now I just got chills in my whole body I already know it's going to be powerful I can't wait either because you just made that conscious yeah. decision and then I said to myself wait a second I do what I do with love for all these clients that I love I need to give some love to myself mm -hmm. and I need to go spend time with my family that I love that I have not seen in so long and so I am doing this for me and I am also going to continue to build memories instead of just work, 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 work. I'm going to enjoy what I work so hard for, mm. even though I love what I do. Right? So it's like, start asking yourself what you love. Mm. Start asking yourself what you love and start living from a place of love instead of living from a place of fear. There's so many things we do and we wonder why people are always so anxious, right? They're coming from a place of fear. Yeah. You know, how many people, and some of you might relate to this, and I'm, I, I feel like this is a, a big one with food, right? We aren't happy in our relationships. A lot of people, like divorce rates are super high. And I, I know I look at some of my friends, friends' relationships and I'm like, you don't look happy. Or, you know, sometimes when I'm with clients, I hear the, the relationships they're in, even if it's like work relationships or their boss or whatever, or relationships at home, they're just not happy, but they don't want to have these conversations, right? And then... Work is another big one. How many people don't like what they do at all? Like they have no reason for being where they are, when they're working, all these freaking hours. They're not happy. Zombie mode. They're zombie mode. And then they come home, right? And they need something that's going to bring them pleasure and joy. And so they eat, right? Because food is the one of the fastest ways to get gratification. We get mouth pleasure, right? So we eat and we eat and we eat. And then we wonder why we're not happy and why we're overweight sometimes. And it's just like, okay, well, what is the, like, what is the fear? It's it, it, the difficult conversations. Is it the fear of, you know, not being loved by somebody else? Right. Cause when we are giving ourselves that love and we are being honest with ourselves and the people that are around us and we're coming and living from a place of love, then we want to give ourselves that self-love. Mm. And then it's a whole lot easier when we're operating from a place of love to have a bit of that discipline and say, listen, actually, I don't need to drink for a couple of months, or I don't need to be on social media, or I don't need to do X for Y. 
setting those boundaries, it comes from a place, it bringing this back to knowing who you are and then not being scared or needing, having the ability, sorry, feeling like you need to people, please. Um, when you were talking, just something came up for me and I have two examples and I don't want to dive into what they are, but I remember recently two people specifically here in Austin who I was supposed to attend something for them. And when it came time to go, I energetically was moving through some stuff. And so it was like a, a voice note of love to them. Hey, I'm there. I want to support you, but like, I need to honor myself right now and what I need. And the response back is love you here for you. If you need anything, thanks for the message. You honor you versus other people where it's like, I was supposed to meet you at a coffee shop or I was supposed to do this or supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, working through some stuff right now, not going to be there, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you didn't show up for me. You didn't do this. Well, what about me? Da, 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 da. And it's like, people would then go, oh gosh, I should go and it's going to make them upset and da, 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 da. And when you put aside your own needs of what you want out of fear of other people not, well, then they won't invite me anymore or how, what are they going to think about me or I need to do these, this for other people. It's like, at what point do you decide what you need? Yeah. And putting yourself first. That's been a big one for me this last year mm -hmm. is setting those boundaries. Stop living on somebody else's agenda. Yeah. And not even theirs. It's your perceived agenda of them. Right. It's right. like you don't even know. Yeah. Right? If it's going to make them that happy or not. And if it is, well, I mean, your happiness is not anybody else's. Or the structure. Problem. Yeah. The structure. Needing structure. We talked about that one a little bit. Both of us um, being addicted to having structure in our lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like – that comes from like a fear of trusting uh, and like the divine, right? Mm. That's like a fear of uncertainty, mm -hmm. but everything in life is uncertain. Mm -hmm. I want to just ask you a quick question because you just mentioned, you know, like now having that time away or deciding not to go to certain things and how other people are reacting. Um, my question for you is now that you haven't been on social media for a couple mm. of weeks, how much more in tune with mm. your body mm. and your intuition and what your emotions or your body is telling you are you feeling right now? Um, it's wild. It's like literally wild. Mm -hmm. um, and the the simple answer to this is my feminine has come out. Um, you know my journey of masculine and feminine. I've been embracing this feminine energy and I didn't really understand what it was and I was like so in my feminine, too flowy and all these things. It came out these last two weeks, but like this fucking powerful goddess feminine came out mm. where it's just this like knowing and this intuition and me really realizing the things that I mentioned to you before that I was doing for social media versus I was like, close my eyes, you take that breath and I'm like, what does Cassandra want right now? Mm -hmm. Like what feels good for me? The world is not watching. Mm -hmm. What feels good for me right now? And then go do that. And when you give yourself what you actually need, I'm going to cry thinking about this. You give yourself what you actually need and you're not doing a fucking performance for the proverbial bleachers of people that aren't even watching you anyways because now you're not on social media and you're doing it for yourself. That feels like a full fuck yes. Mm -hmm. That is honoring yourself and what you needed in that moment and not what anybody else was waiting for or you thought they were waiting for and they weren't even fucking paying attention to what you were doing anyways. Mm -hmm. The my ability to tune in over the last couple of weeks to what does Cassandra want? Nobody's watching. I've been crying a lot and it's like beautiful. Just things working through me, thoughts coming up and I normally would 
dismiss them or not want to feel them, I'm like, all right, baby girl, let's come in. I'll give you a hug. Let's feel (laughs) you. Let's feel you head to toe. Let's go. Let's work it through. You deserve to be here. You are valid. Yes, that feeling is valid. That came from a place. Yes, you've done this thing. Yes, you're headed in these places. Yes, you haven't created that. Yes, but you are so fucking perfect the way that you are right now. Mm -hmm. And just like letting go. Yeah. And trusting. I love that. Trusting. Trusting the divine that I there's a that. plan. God can see around the corner and I can only see in the headlights. So yeah, I'm not the magician. He is. The amount of things that we miss within our body and the cues within mm. our body mm-hmm. that we're missing when we're constantly masking, whether it's like drugs, alcohol, um, constantly just watching TV, like whatever it is, shopping addictions, like the list can go on, gambling, sex, porn, like there's so many things, right, that we do to not connect with ourselves or to disguise ourselves, us from ourselves, right? It's like the moment that you stop actually taking all those things out and you just like allow yourself to just kind of like listen and be more still. Like for me now, my intuition and like my body tells me what's going on like that. I don't even have to like mentally think about an answer. Like my body's already telling me yes or no half the time. Mine's chills. Mm. I get chills. Love that. Yeah. Head to toe, I'll get chills. And I know it's like an energy that's moving through me, a positivity, and it gives me answers. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. This has been a powerful conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could go all night, but I think we're working on two hours here. So probably should wrap it up. Um, final thoughts around all of this. Um, I have a poem I wrote that I want to read. Let me pull it up as you think of, um, when someone has identified they've got an addiction, something they're, they're addicted to chaos. Yeah. That's a big one right now. They're addicted to creating chaos. Everything's going great in their life. So let me just fuck it up. Cause I just (laughs) like to just be in a little clusterfuck of chaos. Yep. Um, how do they identify what that deeper fear is? And then when they do, what do they, yeah. what do, they do with it? I would say, well, identify it first. Again, somehow journal, be honest with yourself, write things out, have a conversation with someone. But truthfully, you need to really be able to be honest with yourself, mm. right? If you actually really want to change it. If not, you can just continue to do what you're doing and just deny, deny, deny. That's fine. Or maybe you are acknowledging it, but you're not ready to go there yet. That's okay. Right. In, in, in your time and space, of course. Um, but then when that time comes, I think, what is the fear that I'm running away from and what am I doing to mask it? Right. What are the two things? And then I would really recommend start exploring some other ways where you can get the same effect that you are getting from whatever that numbing agent is. Right. Right. Start exploring. Start exploring different outlets. Maybe it's going out and going like dancing. Maybe it is meditating or getting into higher states of consciousness. Maybe it's a little bit of plant medicine to help you learn and like work through some stuff and still feel that altered state of consciousness, but also know that that's not reality, but I can come back to reality and still live a life I love. Right. Right? So I think first off, and then acknowledge the fear, right? What is the fear? Why is the fear there? Where did the fear come from? And then start moving through that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So those are probably the first couple of steps. And yeah, it might be a little bit confronting and maybe it's a little bit trickier to get there on your own. So have a conversation with someone, coaches, mentors, there's different programs, there's books, there's us. us yes. Out to us. Of here. course. Of yeah. course. Breath work. Anything like that is going to really bring up not what 
you want, but what you need. need. And that's what's important, right? Because what you need to see is what is going to help you grow and change, yeah. not necessarily what you want. And that's the thing. We are so used to just getting and wanting and let me get what I want and not really what I need to get me to ultimately where I want to go. You just gave me the kick in the pants to finish an episode I wrote on a plane two trips ago. Beautiful. Want versus need. What do I want versus <laughs> what do I need? And I put a pin in it and I think it's time to take the pin out. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's the beginning stages. And then, you know, once you start to build the awareness and just trust. Just trust. Trust that everything's gonna be okay. Trust that surrender. everything's gonna yeah, everything's gonna come. Surrender. Everything's <laughs> gonna come on your path. Once you make a decision, everything you need is gonna continue to come as you need it. Just like you not being on social, you're still getting everything you need. I'm not out there having to promote, promote, promote. My business is still growing and thriving. Everything is gonna be moving in accordance to what it is that you are asking for. So so if you're asking to be in line with your truth and in line with certain things and feeling better in whatever way and moving towards whatever light it is that you're moving towards, then the universe will provide. So you just need to trust that. Yeah. Where your attention goes, energy flows. Always. So what are you giving your attention? Yeah. Are you focusing to? on problems or are you focusing on solutions? Yeah. Are you focusing on numbing or are you focusing on how you want to feel and what it's going to take to get you there? It is time to start killing the things that are killing you. Yes. That is one of the biggest takeaways for me with addictions. Mm -hmm. They're killing you. They're numbing you. Yeah. So it's time to take your power back. Um. This isn't really a poem. It was just something uh, as I was starting to think about this topic, I was starting to think about the coexistence of, of pain and joy. And in order to experience joy, you know, usually it comes in the extremities of one to the other. And so I just want to read this because it kind of flew out of me in a couple of minutes on an airplane. And I was like this. I just wanted to share it. Um, so to see through joy is to see joy everywhere. But can pain and joy exist in the same space? Is it possible without the extremity and polarity of the other? What if the joy does not live independently of the fear, but it actually lives amongst it? To find joy within the pain is the practice itself. The simple existence of pain can lead you down a path of self-destruction and sabotaging behavior, if you let it. But if you choose to seek joy amongst the guilt, the anger, and the chaos, that is to truly see joy. We always have the choice. The presence of polarity is within you. Where there is suffering, there is also happiness. Where there is loneliness, there is also connection. And where there is confusion, there is also clarity. It just depends what channel you decide to tune into and when you decide to stop numbing the pain in order to experience the joy. I will leave us on that note. That was beautiful. Thank you. We have a retreat coming up. Thank <laughs> you. We have a retreat coming up in Toronto, um, just outside of Toronto, in a beautiful retreat center that you found for us. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that. Sunday, November the 5th. I will drop the link down below with, for boss retreats for those that are interested. I think we have a couple tickets left. Um, a day of healing, talking a lot about your truth and alignment. Yes. So if you are really struggling and you're looking for... Something to start this journey and start bringing some awareness to you if this is maybe your calling to the perfect starting point yeah might be here and yeah. now 
And we would love to have you there. I'll put the details in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here Thank today. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm excited for mm. five days with you snuggling next to yes. me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's get it. And um, any final thoughts? Final have, saying. Yeah, you have the power to make your own choices and to build such a beautiful life of your dreams. So don't let anything take that from you. Any substance, any activity, anything. Like, you have such beautiful power within you. Feel it. Feel it, mm. yeah. Yeah, let that come out and just let yourself be you. Let yourself be you with love and with light. And just see how much radiance is going to come into your life and how much you're going to touch other people's lives. I love it. Just by being you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. All right, guys. Until next time.